those conversations um, are important. I know they're difficult, but I'm asking everyone to lean in to discomfort and to understand that these conversations are crucial to moving our planet forward. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Kindness Is Pod. Today, we are going to talk all things disability pride. In case you didn't know, July is actually Disability Pride Month. And I noticed last year that if we are to be a company that is centered on love and empathy and inclusion and justice, we can't be that unless we start centering disabled voices more including more disabled authors in the books that we donate, including more disabled main characters, hearing from the disabled community. Because the disabled community makes up more than 15% of the US population. And this is something that I want everyone to hear because in order to truly be all that you say you are, you have to also walk the walk. And that's the thing that I feel like people forget sometimes is that we can stand here and we can make our voices as loud as possible and say that we are allies and say that we are advocates. But then when we get a piece of information that somewhat criticizes what we are doing in order to become better, we shut down or we get defensive. And I'm here to tell you, it's time that we start doing the opposite. It's time that we start taking in that feedback the same way in which we expect children to do and use it to become better. So today on the podcast, I am just so honored to have Bonnie on because she not only is a friend, she's an incredible educator, an even better author, and someone who is really, really making waves for the disabled community. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Kindness Is Podcast. I am so excited to have my guest on today. Bonnie and I have connected via Instagram and oddly enough, we actually ended up living about 15 minutes away from each other. So Bonnie, I'm just so happy you are here. And I was wondering before I do your formal introduction, is there anything you would like to share with everyone? Well, I am so honored to be here with you, Caitlin. Thank you so much for inviting me here. Um, And I am just very excited to talk to you about this topic of kindness. Yeah, me too. So everyone, Bonnie Dietrich is an educator and a consultant who focuses on building communities of kindness and respect. As the author of Recess Magic, which we have donated and I love and I can't wait to talk about it, she relates her own encounters as a person with multiple disabilities to elevate empathy and disability awareness. So you mentioned to me prior to recording that you feel as though a lot of people don't know that July is Disability Pride Month. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping that you could start off with either why we have a Disability Pride Month, any stories that you may want to share about people not recognizing this and why they should, why it is so important, just anything and everything that comes to mind. Thank you. So the I love um, 
talking about Disability Pride Month because a lot of people don't know what that is. And for everyone in the disability community who is disabled, um, this is our month to share stories. And for allies to honor our stories is a huge, huge deal. Um, it's also time for allies to really take a step back and learn, connect with our struggles, and um, vow to take action. Um, so we hope that through this month of July, when you are listening to stories and connecting with disabled folks, that you will take what you learn and apply it to um, all of the other months of the year, which is so important for us. Um, the disability community makes up 15% of the world's population, I believe, which is um, the largest minority group. It's a group that anybody can be a part of at any time. And I feel that we um, don't often have the opportunity to amplify our own voices and to allow ourselves to be heard in an authentic way. So I am so grateful for this space to be able to share my voice and to share the importance of kindness and disability awareness. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, hmm, I'm sure this is exactly what brought you to writing Recess Magic, which if those of you who are listening have not checked out Bonnie's book, it's absolutely crucial to have as a part of your classroom library or your home library. But I really want to know about your inspiration into writing this beautiful book. I always tell people when they ask that this is the book that I needed when I was a child, but I didn't have. Um, I was born with cerebral palsy, CP, on the, which affects the left side of my body. And growing up, I went to therapy, I had surgeries, I wore an AFO, an ankle foot orthotic, and I often had trouble catching up with my peers, relating to my peers, um, and enjoying the same games that young people like to enjoy. Um, I remember thinking to myself as a young student that nobody understood, no one was like me. Of course, there were no books on the shelf um, that represented me. Um, and it's a topic, disability was such a topic back then in the 80s that no one really talked about. You know, you just kind of brush it under the rug and you pretended to not see or you ignored disabled folks. And we've come so far with that. We are, um, we, we still have a long way to go, but we're doing better with um, connecting with and showing compassion and empathy um, and that intentional understanding of the struggles that we face and um, just so this is why um, I wrote Racist Magic, to be able to connect with young readers. When I was an adult, I lost my leg to cancer. And um, I became an amputee who uses a wheelchair full time. I went back to school and I realized before I got there that I needed a book to teach my class, to teach my class about disability, um, about my wheelchair and what it meant to have you know, just someone who is different than that, them. So I wrote Recess Magic and I put it away in my computer for many years. And it wasn't until COVID 
um, that I pulled it out of the trash can of my computer and looked at it again. And my husband said, I think you need to send this to a publisher. And so that's how Recess Magic was born. And I'm so happy that you did because that's what it's all about. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe currently in all of the scope of children's books, we have about 2% of children's books that represent a disabled human. And that is obviously not representative of that 15% of our society in which you mentioned before. So I think that that, regardless of what it is that we're talking about, I mean, this is why we're so passionate about what we do, because in order for children to feel seen and in order for them to not only feel seen, but feel loved as they very much do in your book and to feel honored for who they are and not othered in a way, we need books in which children are represented, represented, just as we do in media or we do in magazines or we do in in all aspects of life, representation is so important. So I'm happy that you shared your story about that. And I also want to add, though, that we need to see more main characters with strong mm-hmm. voices, um, with these books that um, introduce and share a new perspective. Because many people think that if there's a character in the background who uses a wheelchair or another character or a neighbor in the story um, depicted using um you know, some sort of um, a cane or someone who is um, using a service dog to help mm-hmm. them. That's not, it, sh- it certainly shows that representation, but not like we would want um, children to learn from because it's not someone who's a main character. So that is important, but we want to see more books with main characters who have disabilities. Absolutely. Because again, every child deserves to be the main character. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then every other child should have the right to see all different children as the main character. I mean, this is something, oh my goodness, when I was still in the classroom, it was something that I spoke of all the time, regardless of what the demographics of your classroom is. All children deserve to see all different types of children because that's how we develop that empathy. Absolutely. Yeah. And it becomes normalized. It becomes, it becomes what our quote unquote average is as opposed to it being something that you've never seen before. Right. Absolutely. And I think too, that, um, you know, our, our children, our young learners are so open-minded and they're Mm -hmm. ready to receive this this information that you can learn from a book. Oftentimes, I think we as adults want to shield our students, our young learners, from books that portray um, different perspectives, and that's certainly not the case. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. It's it's such a good learning opportunity and such a great experience for them to be able to see themselves and also to see um, other characters who. Um, have have disabilities or are different. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm hoping that you feel comfortable sharing with me because we've talked about this off of the podcast. You recently 
reached out to an educator about putting your book on the shelves for back to school because just as we've been talking about here, it's so important from the beginning. And if you're an educator listening to this or you're a caregiver, you know that in the beginning of the school year, what you want to do is develop community. And how do we develop community if not all are represented? So you mentioned to me that you reached out um, to an educator specifically about including recess magic in those beginning back to school read alouds. And you had someone come back with an answer that you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. So typically, educators will reach out to me and and ask about the recommended age level. And I'll share some snippets of pages and um, also share that um, Recess Magic is available on YouTube um, as a read aloud, just as a simple read aloud with no um, words. And um, an educator responded to me by saying that she could not include Recess Magic in her back to school read alouds. So I asked why. And she said, because Recess Magic is not the lighthearted community book that I want to share with my students for back to school. And I cried. Mm-hmm. Cried. Um, I'm still tearing up. I cried because I specifically wrote Recess Magic for that reason. Oh, yeah. Jesus, you're probably like. <laughs> no, listen, because I, yeah, I, I was, you know, the, the very first page says it was the first day of school. Um, and I wrote it that way so that teachers would feel comfortable and want to put recess magic in their displays for back to school. Um, and I know for many educators, we have our favorites our tried and true, lighthearted, simple, um, classic back to school read alouds that are just simply to welcome students back and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm hoping that some other educators this year will feel comfortable not only putting it on their display, but reading Recess Magic, Mm -hmm. talking about the community that um, the classroom should be and also how to welcome and accept people who are different. And here's the thing. We see the all are welcome here signs in classrooms. We see them as doormats. We see them all over the place. That was the first thing that I thought of when you mentioned this. And we need to think of what are we doing as a community to actually welcome all students. And your book does just that. And I'm sorry that that happened. I hope that from that happening, 25 other people hear this story and say, no, this is what back to school is about. This is a story of a boy who is in a wheelchair and for many days of his life has felt different. And actually experiences some of that throughout the book, but then also in the end develops a community in which he does feel seen and other children really see what empathy truly means and what kindness truly means. And I think that's what 
we want in every classroom across America. So I just hope that anyone hearing this knows how important this story is and knows how important other stories with main characters with disabilities are and that we continue to represent a very large part of our community. I agree. I After I cried for a minute, I really started to think about why teachers won't include recess magic or have difficulty including recess magic with their back to school read alouds. And I have to empathize with them because if you don't have experience talking about disability, if you don't have experience just with talking about empathy in a very um, serious manner with students, um, and if you don't have the vocabulary to understand how to approach that with students, it is going to be a difficult conversation, but it's such an important one. And it's it's a conversation that the more we have and the more we try to um, develop within ourselves, the easier it will be. Because I not only need you to talk about this with young learners, but I need you to talk with this, talk to other people about this in the community and with people who are responsible for making our laws and with people who are um, working to eliminate barriers for us. And so those conversations um, are important. I know they're difficult, but I'm asking everyone to lean in to discomfort and to understand that these conversations are crucial to moving our planet forward. And that's just not with the disability community, that's with every population that is underrepresented, that doesn't have a, that doesn't have enough strong voices to be able to um, to succeed and be who they are and live their best life. Mm. And I think you just hit the nail on the head, particularly with it's adults' own discomfort and not knowing where we get caught up in not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that that at times can be just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than someone on the other side of things, you know, spewing hate. Because we're going to mess things up. And I really think that you got to the root of what kindness is in that, at least for me, is that we need to recognize and almost humble ourselves in that not knowing and still have the conversation and still follow more disabled voices on whatever platform you're on, on social media, or read articles, or read books, or look up the answers if you don't know them, mm -hmm. and then keep pushing forward. And also be okay with the fact that you may not know and that you may mess up and own it and change moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think that's, we get so, we have such large egos as adults that we don't want to mess things up and we don't want to admit that we're wrong. And I think that really deters us from, from growing and learning and becoming more inclusive individuals. I think I, um, I 
had the most impactful conversations around this post that I made um, a few weeks ago. And the title of the post, it's a graphic that I made and it's with, at the top, it says how to be a disability ally. Mm. Um, and it has nine hearts underneath that talk about how to just do that, be, be a disability ally. I'm so overwhelmed with the conversations that I've had just with the positivity, but also some skepticism around that. Um, and I always tell people, you don't need to be the most knowledgeable, loudest voice to be an ally. Mm-hmm. You just have to have a pure intent and let your actions speak volumes. Mm-hmm let your actions speak volumes. That's so important to remember. You don't need to be knowledgeable to to the highest extent. Mm -hmm. Learn as you go, take the information that you hear and that you, that you read and that you just know from being an ally and let your actions speak volumes. So important. Yeah, it is so important. And with that being said, I want to know, first of all, I want to know how people can support you and support the work that you are doing. But if you also had the opportunity to tell everyone who is listening to this or tell everyone in the world right now what it would mean for you five years from now, 10 years from now to see a more inclusive world, what are some of the steps that people could do in order to cultivate that? I think that connecting with our struggles and really honoring our individual stories um, and taking action to end the stigma of disability Mm -hmm. would make the most impact. Um, We have done so much, but we have so far to go. Um, and to really understand that when you're coming from tremendous privilege of being non-disabled, and I don't mean privilege as in there is the addition or the presence of fame or money or fortune. When I talk about privilege, I mean that there is an absence of barriers, So Mm -hmm. the absence of barriers to the community, the absence of barriers to education, the absence of barriers to quality health care, the absence of barriers to applying for a job, the absence Mm -hmm. of barriers to living your best life. Those are the barriers that I would love to see us move forward to forward and removing. I think that because disability is such a wide array and we have so much to understand, just keeping an open mind and mm-hmm. remembering that, you know, everybody has a story. We need to honor everyone's story. Yeah. That's where the compassion plays in, you know, and, and showing compassion to all of us, showing just empathy to um, everyone and learning with intention is so important. Um, it's really awesome that you wear your shirts that say be kind. And it's really awesome that you um, can walk beside me and say, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm. I'm glad that you are walking with me. And I am glad that you are sharing your voice with mine. But how is that moving us forward? 
are you taking action in talking to communities about making them more inclusive? Are you writing to our lawmakers who are, you know, just, they don't have all of the information that they need to provide equal access for us? Um, and are you in your heart truly doing this for a good intention, mm -hmm. not because it makes you look good? Mm -hmm. Sometimes being an ally is a really difficult thing because it puts you in positions where you lose friendships and you lose business and you lose, you know, you, you, you kind of lose your sense of focus. Am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, am I on the path of losing business because I'm speaking a certain way? And, and I, you know, it's, it's difficult because you have to do the right thing sometimes in order to be heard in order to be, um, to do the right thing for, for all of us. But again, I think that letting your actions speak volumes is so important because all of us together, um, we're, we're doing it. We, we still have a long way to go, but we're doing, we're doing the work. Yeah. And I would definitely say that to anyone hearing this, Bonnie, you just mentioned something that really speaks volumes to me. I made a very clear decisive choice a few years back to say exactly how I feel and stand behind everything that I believe. And we've lost business for that, for sure. We've lost followers. We've received tons of ridiculous, hateful, awful, awful comments that have, you know, done a number on my mental health. But I am coming from a space of immense privilege, being in an able body, being white, being cisgendered, having gone to college, you know, all of these things that you're, you're privileged, you know, just tack it on. And I would not change any of my values because there are two reasons. One, it's just being a decent human being in my eyes. It's just standing up for true kindness. Two, as we always say, you want to build a community of people who really want to support your mission and who really believe in creating change and creating a more inclusive world, whether it be we're talking about disability pride or pride for the LGBTQ plus community or the BIPOC community, whatever, whatever it may be, you want to surround yourself with people who believe the same things and who are open to having these conversations. So if anyone's hearing this and feeling, oh, I might lose family, I might lose friends, I might lose this, that, or the other, know deep within yourself that you are going to build that back with people who stand aligned in your values. And that's something that's really powerful. Yeah. I I also lost a lot of acquaintances. I'll say acquaintances, not really yeah. friends. Um, when I started to promote recess magic, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, 
it's a book again that I, I felt like I needed when I was a student myself. Um, and there's been a lot of hesitation around the purpose um, about Reese's Magic. So why did I write the story and what, what message am I trying to send? And I think the message that I would like to send with Reese's Magic, the highest one is be kind. Be kind to everyone. There's room for kindness. There's time for kindness. Um, there's room to grow with kindness. There are many ways to show kindness. It happens um, quickly or it happens after a while, but there's always time and room and space for kindness. Mm. And a lot of people look at this again and say, well, that's a really deep book for an elementary school student to read. And I think that they handle it just fine. Uh, my three and a half year old handles it just fine. And actually I read it to her last year when I first got a copy of your book at two and a half. And not only did she sit through it, but she just thinks of it as this is another human being. These are people showing kindness to one another. There is nothing in this book that should not be shared with anyone of any age. And I think more adults should read it as well, which is something that I say pretty much in every podcast or or every talk that I ever have with any author, because picture books are really powerful. And you spoke so much about kindness, and this would not be the kindnesses pod without talking about what true kindness means to you. So I want to know, Bonnie, before we go, what is it to you? My deepest definition of kindness is showing compassion to all people, to make space for them and root for them and to support them um, however we can. All people have the right to live how they want to live in a way that makes them happy, in a way that makes them successful and feel good about themselves. And we, as a planet, have a responsibility to help them make that happen. Um, it is kindness is saying you matter and I'm so glad you're here. You are important and it's letting your actions speak for themselves. Um, it's, it's understanding that again, we have room to grow, to have an open mind, to get there, to grow our minds. Um, my definition of kindness has evolved through my lifetime and I love that. Because something that I thought was kind 10 years ago um, has definitely gotten deeper into what, you know, and, and more impactful, more intentional. I'm, connect, I'm connecting with people more. I'm listening to them. I'm finding ways to show compassion that um, are intentional and not because it makes me look good or someone else look good, but because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think that's so important for all of us to remember. Just it's kindness is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. It is. And that piece of allowing your definition of kindness to evolve and grow over time is huge. And that really resonated very deeply with me because it does and it will. And 10 years from now, you and I could be sitting down and saying the same thing. Hey, remember when we when we did that podcast and now I can see X, Y, Z and I've grown even more. And I think that's so 
so powerful. So everyone, please think of all the things that Bonnie said when you're leading with love this week, when you're leading with kindness and empathy and go check out her phenomenal book, Recess Magic. You can follow her on Instagram at Recess Magic. You can head to her website, which Bonnie, please tell everyone what your website is, where they can purchase the book, because we all know it's better to do it there than Amazon if you can and have the means to do so. It is recessmagic.com. Easy. See, recess magic everywhere. (laughs) Bonnie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your amazing voice. We really are just so grateful to be in community with you. Thank you so much, Caitlin. So if you take anything away from this week's episode, I want you to walk through this week with inclusion on your mind. I want you to know that we are all only temporarily able-bodied. And I want you to lead with love and kindness. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Kindness Is Podcast. If you love it and it's adding even a little bit of value to your life, we would love, love, love if you could subscribe, rate, and review so we can reach even more people and make this world a little bit more kind. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.